Welcome to the I Don't Think So podcast with your host, Melanie Mitchell Epp, a successful author, speaker, mentor, and coach. Melanie is an expert in helping people leave behind the why me mentality to take control of their life. Not only is her story of victory inspiring, but she knows how to empower others to find victory in their own lives. Now, here is your host, author of I Don't Think So, and the creator of the I Don't Think So Bootcamp, Melanie Mitchell Epp. Welcome to Episode 5 of the I Don't Think So Podcast. My name is Melanie Mitchell Epp, and I'm your host. And today's episode is titled, Uncovering the Lies. Now, you might think it's a bit odd that we would need to uncover lies, but the thing about lies is we believe them. We don't recognize that they're lies or we wouldn't believe them. We would do something about them. And unless we uncover them, we just live under their rule. They rule over our lives because they influence our choices and we must uncover them so that we can get free where we're bound up by the lies that we believe. In the last episode, I mentioned that there were beliefs that I had to confront in order to take action on the pain in my life. I had actually come to a place of hopelessness in my life, even though the woman had told me that dogs get treated better than I do, even though I had discovered that there was lies I was believing about how I had been treated. I just determined that there really was no hope. I looked around at other people's lives and I just thought no one else has it any better than this and so just get on with life this is it this is as good as it gets and I had moved forward that way just thinking that's how I would continue just accepting the reality that that's what life was about but another point of pain came and I knew in a moment that my husband's heart was so hard toward me that the pain was never going to dissipate. It was just going to continue. And I knew that I couldn't stay in my marriage. I didn't know how I was going to get out, but I knew I couldn't stay. And I made that heart decision in that moment. But as I took that step, there was a problem. The lies that I had believed for most of my life came up in my face. I stepped out into unknown territory. I didn't know how I was going to leave. I didn't know how to stay safe. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. And I knew I needed God's help to have the strength to move forward. But there was a problem. See, I didn't think God had any use for me. I could remember being that kid in grade one in the catechism class, learning all about my sin and how God hated it. I was the kid without a catechism book, without a rosary, without prayer, without any remedy for my sin. I didn't have a white dress. I couldn't go to church. There was no way for me to make myself right before God the way my classmates were. The second issue that was opposing me was that in my preteens, when I told on the minister who molested me, nothing was done about it. They didn't stop him. They moved him. And so I concluded that I was the problem because if he had been the problem, they would have fixed the problem and they didn't. And so from that point on, I didn't trust my feelings. And now I'm in a crisis situation, still not believing that I can trust my feelings. The third issue was that when my family had gone through horrific conflict, 
I believed a lie that there was no safe way to resolve it, nowhere to get help from. You just had to wait until the trouble ended. And so now I've taken this incredible step into the unknown and I need to call out to God, but I don't believe he's there for me. I had come through my catechism class just believing that he was a harsh judge who sat up in heaven and watched me so that he could see me make mistakes and punish me when I did. That was my view of God. And so how can you call to a God like that for help when those are the things that you believe about him? Now they weren't the truth, but those lies kept me captive to the pain. How could I turn to God in this time? On page 52 of my book, I don't think so. I talk about how I lived as Cinderella of my own world. And what that means is that I sort of went through the ordinariness of life thinking I wasn't that much different from anybody else. As long as I was working, as long as I was doing the things everybody else was doing, as long as I was problem solving or trying to fix myself or learn, I felt like I belonged. I felt like I was ordinary. But when there would be a time of celebration, things that other people were enjoying, opportunities other people were taking, celebrations other people were having, I couldn't participate. The pain just wreaked havoc. Life tore me apart. And so in the same way that Cinderella seemed like part of the family and served her stepsisters and her stepmom and was allowed to do all that, but then there was shock when she thought that she would be allowed to go to the ball. It was the same for me. There was no expectation that there was a ball for me. There was no expectation that a prince would ever come for me. There was no expectation that I should expect anything good. So how did I gain the confidence to make a bold move in the face of who I believe to be an angry God? Well, I had a two-year-old baby and I literally cried out and just said, God, I know that I don't deserve anything from you, but would you have mercy on me and help me for the sake of my son? I was taking action, but I was still caught in the lies. I went to my parents' place for help and they lived in a small community and word traveled quickly just through the neighbors about the trouble that I was in. And one of the neighbors talked to their pastor and the pastor reached out, complete stranger, just offered his assistance and invited me to church that Sunday. And I went and my parents went and my sister went, our, our whole family went to church. And that Sunday I heard for the first time a gospel I hadn't heard before. I heard a gospel that wasn't just the story of my sin and how bad I was, I heard for the first time the response of a loving God who had sent Jesus to live the life that was impossible for us to live and then die the death that we should have died for our sin in our place and then to actually give us his righteousness. It was a free gift. Jesus had done what was impossible for me to do and I had spent my entire life avoiding him because of the lies I believed. Sin actually came into the world through a lie. Adam and Eve were the first man and woman that God created and he put them in this paradise, a perfect world where all their needs were met, where there was provision and safety and relationship and they were put in charge. They were told that they were made in God's image. He would come every single day and walk with them in the cool of the day. 
But a serpent was in the garden and the serpent came and began to whisper lies into Eve's ear. He began to suggest to her that she really wasn't like God. He began to suggest that God was holding out on her, that there was actually more than the provision she knew in the garden. And he began to tell her that if she took the fruit, the one piece of the garden that God had forbidden, that then she would be like God. Then she would know all things and that she wouldn't die the way God had told her that she would. And Eve bought into this lie and she convinced Adam of the same lie and they took of the fruit. And in the moment that they did, the moment that they began to look to get their needs met in a way outside of God, sin entered the world. They went from complete innocence to suddenly having a self-image, a sense of self, a sense of lack, a sense of sin, and they hid They hid from the God who had been nothing but loving and good to them. God shows up for his daily walk in the garden with them and they're nowhere to be seen. And he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I was naked, so I hid. And it's what we do when we believe a lie because lies separate us from God. God hadn't moved, but the lie moved Adam and Eve. And God responds to Adam and he says, Who told you you were naked? And so often we've heard those words in a judgmental sense. We've heard them from an angry God, a God who's mad at them for the sin they committed. Instead of hearing the loving heart of a father who's grieved at the loss of innocence his kids have gone through, who's grieved at the sense that they believe that something is now lacking in them, and who is saying, Who told you you were naked? How could you have believed this? And if we were to hear his voice speaking to you or I, we might hear these words, not who told you you were naked, but who told you you didn't belong? Who told you you weren't wanted? Who told you you weren't smart enough? Who told you you weren't good enough? Who told you there was no future for you? He reaches into the brokenness of our hearts that are separated from him because of the lies we believed and tries to draw us back to the truth. I had lived separated from God, not because he had pushed me away, but because of the lies that I had bought into. We become separated from God in our minds. And I want to take you back to the title of my book, I Don't Think So. Because it was a change of mind once again that was changing my world. My inner world changed and as a result, my outer world changed. And from that moment on, I could look at my history and come to a new conclusion. It was in my mind that the lies had hijacked me. It's in your mind that the lies hijack you. Because sin or separation from God doesn't and didn't originate in an action, It originates in our thoughts when we believe something that separates us in our minds from a loving God. If you're living in abuse or some other kind of captivity, then at some point you've believed some kind of lie about yourself. And recognizing and uncovering those lies allows you to see the enemy that's hijacked your life and to begin to find freedom because you don't think so. If your heart's resonating with the experiences you've heard me share, I really invite you to check out my boot camp. 
I spent so many years of my life finding my way out of pain and uncovering the lies and into freedom because no one was showing me the way. I had to figure it out on my own. The boot camp fast tracks that experience for you by giving you instant access to the material, the videos and the exercises that will take you through the discovery process and help get new thinking patterns set up that will allow you to take control of your life. And the monthly calls allow you to talk directly with me and ask your questions and hear other people ask their questions. And I encourage you to check it out on my website, melaniemitchellapp.com. I spoke to someone just this week who's partway through my boot camp, and she said, it has just flipped everything for me. I'm so glad that I've taken it. Today is a great day to begin to change your story, and that's what you can do either with my book or with the boot camp. Join me for the next episode where I dig deeper into one of the greatest lies that most of us have experienced in one degree or another, the lie of rejection. Thank you for listening and spending time with us today on the I Don't Think So podcast. If you receive value from this show, I encourage you to listen to all eight episodes and then share them with your friends. And if you're ready for change, I encourage you to take action now. Visit Melanie's website at melaniemitchellapp.com to order her book or to sign up and get instant access to the I Don't Think So Bootcamp so you can begin to change your story today. 